Two girls talking. You know what that means. It's time to talk. What's going on in the world? How about your business? How about your life? Let's talk it out. Two girls talking. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Two Girls Talking. This is Ashley, and our guest today is one very busy lady. I thought my schedule was packed, but Elsie Guerrero is next level. Hey, everyone. It's Anna. So I met Elsie earlier this year at an event, and I was so impressed with her. I was impressed with what she does, who she is, and I'm impressed with how many people she helps every single day. She is a publisher, a children's book author, a lawyer, and an undergraduate professor, and a mentor. And did I mention she works full-time at the Hispanic Federation? She is so busy, and I thought I was busy. She has also been honored as a 2020 Latina Influence of the Year in Hispanic Lifestyle Magazine. And in 2018, she was featured in a book called Today's Inspired Latinas. Yay! So welcome, Elsie. We're so glad that we could talk with you today and everything you do You work to better the lives of others, to educate people and other people who don't look like them or talk like them or live like them. So let's start with Promote Inclusion Books. What are these books, Elsie? What are these books about and how many have you written? So hello, everyone, and thank you for having me here. Um, So Promote Inclusion is a children's book uh, company that started in 2018, but I started writing in 2015. And they're about books about children with special needs and about social issues. And I didn't actually, I never thought to be a children's book author. It wasn't something that I wanted to do or I inspired to do. It's just kind of happened. And when I first graduated from college, I, my first job was working with kids with special needs. I worked at an autism school and um, my job was to help these children um, get mainstream into public schools. And so once we um, mainstream them to public school, we don't just dump them in the school system, right? We, we, we end up being their like coach, their like mentor or like, you know, a, of an aide next to them, right? Right. And then, um, so one day during recess, um, a young girl comes up to me and she like taps on my shoulder and says, hey, why is he doing that? Um, so my, my student had, was autistic. And I, you know, had to, I didn't know how to answer that to like a six-year-old girl. So I was like, let me go go to the library. Let me, this was, uh, this was in, um, in 2012, this scenario. Um, So I went to the library and I was like asking for the section about books about children with special needs. And there were only books about children with special needs for teachers and parents. But there weren't any for like kids to know about their classmates, their peers. Mm-hmm. So that just made me think of, well, maybe let me create one, you know? Right. Never, thought, never. I was like, let me just create one, and I, and I did, and it was based on that scenario. Um, so my first book was called How Emily and Eli Became Friends, and um, Emily is a, a fictional character of characteristics of students that I worked with at Land Park Academy. Um, and Eli, you know, was the girl, but due to confidentiality, I kind of wanted to switch it. To the, yeah. Uh, so that's the girl that I met at the recess who just kept tapping on me and asking all these questions and making these facial expressions like that's strange. So the story kind of starts with, um, you know, new student coming to, uh, to the school, has tokens on the desk. 
and Eli saying, this is strange. Like, why does she have tokens on her desk? Mm-hmm. Um, then going in recess and she's running by herself and twirling around. And there goes Eli saying, well, why is she doing that? Why is she running by herself? That's so strange. So it just kind of gives that narrative of like, this is a strange student. Right. Um, I, I would imagine that those types of books and the types of books you re- you've written, because we talked about this before and I'll let you talk about the books you have. I imagine that this these books are godsend to the parents of these kids because mm-hmm. that's often a really difficult question to answer because you know you just I don't know. I don't have a special needs child, but I can only imagine that that's a question they get a lot and in a, to try to explain it to children when they themselves don't really understand it, they would, I don't know. I, I just think that that's a great helping hand that you're giving them. Exactly. And that's actually how I ended up having multiple books. So that one book, um, that one book turned into multiple books because after I did that, I went on to do an internship um, in DC. The first time I went to DC in, um, in 2015, and I interned for United Cerebral Palsy and I told them about my book and my colleague was like, hey, let's write about me. I have cerebral palsy. I dealt with bullying. People were making fun of me because I, you know, I walk different, my 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 body structure. And I um, and I didn't even know I was different. And so my second book is called I'm Unique because it's like it's oh, I love it. when we put ourselves out there. And then that one book came into another person was like, hey, I'm dyslexic. I don't see any books about me. So I was like, okay, well, let's just write it. And the next thing you know, it just goes on. I got invited to the disability, uh, the mayor's office of disability expo event. And parents were coming to me and were like, can you write about my, you know, about this topic, this topic. And so ABC, now I know (laughs) common disability came about. So all of these books came about from parents, children, siblings. Um, I have one about um, a brother and sister's love where a a girl talks about um, her brother having autism. And so Mm. they're based on real children because real children, real life situations, because this is something we didn't really see in the libraries. We didn't see them in the bookstores. And it was just an inspiration. And I think it was something, like you said, parents wanted. Yeah. They, I, I just, I want to say, like, applaud you for, for going down this path because I, I do have a child who, um, she, she is, she stutters and that's been an issue. Um, and it, and I noticed that it was getting harder for her to just communicate and get her words out and trying to look for resources as a parent to help my child, understand that like this is okay like and just to give her the confidence to like don't stop speaking just because words get jammed in your brain so like just thank you for for doing this um just for all of not just the children but the parents too who definitely feel lost when they find out their child does have some form of disability uh, i think it's amazing and I, I think you. it's so I, I think it's surprising that it took us as a society, I'm not surprised that you yourself did it, Elsie, but I'm surprised <laughs> that us as a society, we haven't already had those types of books. Right? Yeah. What do you think took us so long, Elsie? Like what like what do you think took so long? Um, I'm not sure. I think it's just a I think it's a harder topic to talk about and it's also a sensitive yeah. issue. 
Um, I know that for myself, and this is how I got inspired to write about myself having scoliosis. Um, when I started, you know, there were some people who were like, do you have a disability? Like what makes you be the person to write about these books? So I think it's also a very sensitive topic. Right. Um, so that's why um, when I first started, it was just Elsie Guerrero. Um, but then I changed it to promote inclusion because I wanted to change the narrative of it's not about me. You know, I'm not the I'm not the person I'm not like the the superhero that brought this together. It's you guys. You know, right. you all brought it together and we need to talk about it. It's inclusive. Let's all be included and let's see it in a positive way. Um, I've done two book tours. Um, the last one was before the pandemic. I flew to Kentucky, Maryland, um, Texas, California, uh, Mexico, different places. And, you know, a lot of them, the children were really positive about it. They even try to think about ways to them to figure out what makes them unique. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just something we just didn't, I think it may be, it, it may be, it would have been a fear of talking about, and it is the sensitive topic to right, talk about. Yeah. Blind, deaf. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even I so, talked so about. You, I was going to say your books then have been translated into other languages. Yes, um, they're bilingual books. Okay, um, amazing. <laughs> so yes, when I first started, there were English, um, and then I realized my 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 largest uh, audience or supporters were Latinos. Mm. So then I made I started to make them into bilingual books. So some of them did get republished again. Some of them are flip books. Um, and some of them have um, the text in both uh, in the same page. So a variety of ways. But yes, um, hopefully we'll do other languages. I definitely want to do um, uh, what's it called the the braille to the line braille. Oh, oh I yeah. love that. Yeah, yeah. I will. I really want to do that. Like that's one of the one of my goals. <laughs> hopefully, I can do one of those books. Um, but yeah, um, and I also started doing uh, baby board books, which hopefully they'll come out soon. Um, start them young. Um, yeah. And those also are bilingual books. Oh, wow. Okay, but you're not just an author. Like that's the, like, there's so many other incredible parts of your life that we want to talk about. So you're a mentor too at a nonprofit that's all about mentoring Latinas. Can, can you tell us a little bit about this group that you mentor and how it started? Yeah, so- same thing like the children's book. Didn't see it coming. <laughs> I, I was in law school and I had to do um, community service. And I worked full time at that time and I was going to school part time. So I was very limited in my ability to do community service. I couldn't do it at the courts because the courts were closed. Uh, you know, Couldn't do the law office because my hours didn't work. You know, you work nine to five, go to class six to 10. So what can you really do? Right. So I ended up just creating my own um community service project was just like, well, let me mentor high school girls um, who are like recent revivals. I, Cause I'm really interested in children asylum and DACA, mm-hmm. you know, helping mm-hmm. them too. So that's really what got me into the school system. So I just brought a presentation to the school and I said, I want to mentor these girls. I want to help them. And, you know, even though it was in legal base, it was the people that I was helping and yeah. so the, the girls that I was helping. And so I ended up mentoring them from the beginning to the end, learned some great stories from them. A lot of them were recent arrivals, came from Central America, um, fleeing violence, poverty. It was, you know, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mentored them. And then the school, after the school year was over, um, the social worker comes to me and says, hey, you did a great job. 
we want you to come back. I'm like, oh man, I gotta come back. <laughs> no, now, now I, I gotta did. put more time into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, well, now I need to protect myself, you know, yeah. liability. These are you and stuff. So then I ended up. Um, That's such a legal mind, right? That's not what I would yes. thought at first. That, yeah, no, yeah. Anna and I would have been like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the school assignment, the school assignment was only 40 hours. I legit did the 40 hours and I was like, this is over. It's done. They're like, no, we want you to come back. I was like, oh, crap. I need to. <laughs> I need to uh, protect myself, nonprofit. And so I ended up, you know, incorporating a nonprofit. And then um, I had to think of myself, like, well, what, what's the mission? What's the goal? What is it? And so um, I thought about myself, my mother who worked day and night, and it was just four of us, my mom, uh, my two, my twin brother, my brother and sister. And we were in daycare all the way to we were 13 years old. And then, you know, in California, once you turn 13, you're allowed to stay home alone. And so we just lived home alone but we we grew up like roommates we weren't close um it was weird actually now that I think about it we're not even close as adults <laughs> we grew up as roommates so we all have different friends we didn't like we all did our own little thing like and so it really came down to um just I think it was just a blessing for me like teachers believing in me in in high school and you know, I was a dancer. I played softball. I was in AP courses. I was an avid. And I think, you know, I never thought about college because it's just nothing that was brought into my life. Um, and it's just interesting because I grew up in a very, you know, poor black and brown neighborhood. So it was rare that, you know, people would go off to college. And so I actually graduated high school by myself. My twin brother didn't graduate high school with me. He ended up going to continuation school because he didn't have enough credits, but he didn't know he didn't have enough credit until his senior year. And so it was really sad, our, like our last semester. So it was really sad. Um, and so he ended up going to continuation school and, and going on to the military. But I ended up going to college. That was the first in my family to go to college. Um, but even in college, I faced my struggles because it's like I never left home. Um, you know, I didn't even think about the cost of tuition. I just went to private university. Um, and then the recession hit. And then I had to figure out how to, to navigate. I was working three jobs. I remember I was, so maybe that's why I'm used to having so much professions now. I started young because <laughs> I worked at Victoria's Secret, Applebee's and Cheesecake wow. all at the same time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> While trying to, um, you know, pay for tuition. I, I didn't have enough money for tuition. I remember selling my car to pay tuition. Wow. I had no car to get around and I was taking the bus, but I was so determined to, to finish school. And so um, I ended up transferring and moving back home. So I went away for college, but then I ended up coming back home. And then it was here in, in, in Sacramento, where I'm from, uh, in college, where I met two mentors. I ended up having got really lucky, one through the sorority and one through uh, me going to the capital. Um, Sacramento is the capital of California. And I was like, I want to intern here. And I got lucky and met um, a director to the senator, um, to a senator's office in uh, Daryl Steinberg's office. There you go. He worked for Senator Daryl Steinberg. And he was like, okay, let me help you. So he didn't know me. And he helped me write my, my cover letter and my resume. And he was like, okay, go drop this off at every, at every office. And, and that's how I got my internship. I went in, wow. dropped it, you know, and it was just somebody who didn't know me. And it's crazy because um, that was like almost 15 years ago. Kind of tells you my age. <laughs> but, um, uh, and I got lucky because these two mentors, uh, the one, uh, you know, I have one, they, they both compliment each other too, but they both, you know, stuck around me to finish undergraduate. I never even thought about going to graduate school. And my, my mentor 
um, Ms. Dorothy, well, shout out to Ms. Dorothy and then Russell. Um, <laughs> but she's a college professor and she had me going to her classes and watching her teach and everything. And she told me, you should go to grad school. I was like, I never thought about going to grad school. I barely made undergrad, you know, <laughs> with all my struggles. And so um, it was these two role models that told me I could do it. I mean, it's because of Russell, I'm in, you know, I'm in public policy, public service work. It's because of Ms. Dorothy that I'm in, uh, you know, that I'm in academia. I'm doing, you know, I went on to get two master's degree, a law degree. Um, right. Also these two people who did not know me, um, who believed in me, cared for me. I think, um, you know, they were like the first people to tell me they loved me. Cause you know, I didn't grow up having that. My, my siblings yeah. and I, we grew up as as you know roommates and they we joke about each other to like our way a way of showing love is like sense of humor you know like right. yeah it, so it's different that. you know having that support and so they helped me so I just you know I'm like well shoot I have to pay it forward I need to mentor somebody else and pay it forward but I never in a million years thought I'll have a nonprofit in DC <laughs> and in Sacramento you know have helped over 48 students um, I think one of the most um, impacting moments of this, I think that keeps me going is that one of the girls who was in my program the first year when it wasn't a program, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, she ended up graduating high school. And a year later, she contacts me on Instagram and she DMs me and she's like, Miss Elsie, I know I didn't take you serious when I was in high school, but I'm ready to go to college. Can you help me? Oh. And I was like, whoa, I made a change. Like who would have thought yeah. I places she can all the people she could have contact she could have went back to her high school she wouldn't come she came to me and so um I thought that was so amazing and I think that's really what keeps me moving I think it's the mentors I had but also the small impacts that I did make when I was just volunteering just to you know do 40 hours and the next you know I'm a nonprofit. um and so it just motivates me and so the mission is to prepare them for adulthood whether they go off to go to college or they go on to work in the workplace because I know challenges with you know legal status you know income we try to give them the most support Um, my goal for the future is to launch like a public policy internship program have my own pro bono legal center where they can have a place to to get information about DACA asylum um, special education uh, something that I really want to do um, I also want to help them in college. I know that right now we just help them when they're in high school. So there is a lot of growth and opportunities for um, for the mentoring program to grow and provide more services than what we currently have. But right now we have one-on-one mentoring and group mentoring, and it's giving that emotional support, that that uh, that you know academic support, that professional support. Um, we we provide scholarships, and it's just amazing. I I, I love it. I just it, I, I think. Elsie, it is um, it is amazing what the, how how much you have paid it forward. Yeah, um, it, it 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 truly is because you know what a lot of people will give lip service to that, and you're one of the few people that I have ever met who actually walks that walk. I mean, we've met a lot of really great people, but uh, and we've talked to a lot of really wonderful people, but um, you're in there putting in that work that is uh so so difficult and because two people like two people you didn't even know you know entered your life and you made a difference and now you you're paying that forward that's to me I mean it really is inspiring and amazing and I applaud you for that thank you thank you yeah and the pandemic (laughs) and the pandemic has made it even um 
a lot more, um, you know, with people, children being in homes and a lot of schools started to reach out. Like I got, you know, somebody reached out to me from Miami, Florida. I'm like, oh my gosh, we made it all the way to Miami. Like, wow. You know? yeah. And somebody in Massachusetts, Texas. So it's definitely a much needed mentoring program. There are a lot of girls who definitely need to support. And it doesn't matter what our background is, you know, whether we come from a single parent household or we're in foster care or we're just recent arrival, we all should have the right to like, you know, be great people. And um, I think about Michelle Obama when I went to go see her a few days ago in her book uh, tour. And she says, you know, I pride myself to be the light for children because they're going to remember that. And I'm like, wait, that's me. I tried myself too. Like I pride myself to make sure that we help the next generation because you just never know. And like I said, the young girl who reached out to me a year later and wanted to go to college, like this things that they remember, letting them know that they can do it. They will do it. They can graduate. Um, those were the things that I heard from my mentors. I didn't hear that from my home. I, I didn't, you know, I hear, I got it from my mentors. And so the impact of mentorship does really does make a difference. Yeah. Oh, I just love this so much. And I, so, you know, it's so apparent that had you not had your mentors, your life would have ended up very differently. And now you are paying it forward by being a mentor. I wonder what advice you might share for anyone who's listening, who's like, how can I mentor? Like, you know, I mean, obviously you being of service to children and young girls and Latinas, but for, I just feel like for folks listening, they're like, I want to mentor. I don't know where to start or how to do it. What advice would you have for them? Yeah. So, I mean, if you're in the DC area or Sacramento, you can go to my website, <laughs> allmp.org and sign up to be a mentor there. But there's also um, Mentor Connect. Um, I, I will Google it. I'm not sure if it's mentorconnect.com or mentorconnect.org, but Mentor Connect is a portal and they have a list of mentoring programs all across the United States. We're listed there too. And you can sign up to be a mentor through through there, like um, wherever you're located. I would highly recommend looking at Mentor Connect and, you know, putting in your address and it'll connect you to any mentoring programs in your area that you can volunteer. It's designed just to get people to sign up to volunteer and become mentors at, their, at any local uh, mentoring program. You know, I just, it, it's so important because I do also remember certain teachers that were mentors and then for me personally and then certain teachers that like weren't that great and um it really does make a difference and you don't need to be a teacher to be a mentor um and I will say even like the reason I got my job at CBS News was because I had a mentor I was a dance teacher who's and I ended up teaching like the daughter of a senior producer at a national network and she just came up to me and was like what do you want to do and I was like I want to be a news journalist and she was like, she just took me under her wing and showed me the ropes. And I wouldn't be sitting in this chair if she had not seen me and my potential. Cause I didn't believe in myself at that time. I was a dancer <laughs> and a dance teacher. And so it just, it, that's all it takes. Like just, so just, I think it's such an important message that you're sharing today. Like you just don't know whose lives you can touch. And that's why I think what you said about Michelle Obama is so important. It's like, really, it's these children, mm -hmm. um, starting with our own children, but <laughs> then you don't have your own children, other children too. So I just right. think it's such an important message you're sharing. Well, it is true, but, but Elsie, you're right. You don't have to be a teacher to be a mentor, but actually Elsie is also, so yeah, but let's, let's talk back. 
She's an undergraduate professor. So what made you get into that? I know it's so funny I it's interesting because when I got hired to work at Hispanic Federation I was like cool I'm gonna go on to do public policy work I got an email from um, American University where I teach and they're like hey we got your resume on file you'll think you'll be great for this class we think you would be great for this class if you want it it's yours and I was like oh okay and I go I was like I'll take it this is a sign let me do it um I don't even remember your empty hours and all the spare time that you have. I was like, I didn't even interview. I just got really lucky, right place at the right. Maybe I had a really good resume, who knows? (laughs) But, um, but it's been a journey. Um, I've been teaching for a year now and I actually base my teaching on my experience as an undergrad student. As Mm. I said, you know, I, um, I'm thankful for my journey. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say that um that I have any regrets it could have been different but everything happens for a reason because now I'm a children's book author and a nonprofit uh, owner but um when I went to college you know I went to college during the recession I had to transfer um I had a hard time getting a job you know I was a political science major I wanted to do policy yeah I interned at the at the state capitol but I didn't get a job out of it and so it was you know one of those challenges so I decided to make this class based on helping students get writing samples, help them get skills on um, that they'll use in the real world. So I teach law and the political system, which is the, you know, the three, the three branches of government, teaching them the law, applying it, teaching them how to be advocates and getting them to do writing samples so that they can go on and apply for jobs. Um, and so I always focus that on them. Like, let's let's work on your critical thinking skills. Let's focus on how to understand the law and how to be advocates. And I make them do policy memos, legal memos, uh, press release, um, letters. So all type of things you would do in public policy. And um, last year, one of my students, um, she used her midterm paper, her policy memo to get in, uh, to apply for an internship. And she comes back to me and says, hey, I got an interview. And the person who interviewed, who um, requested an interview said that my writing sample was so great that they had to meet me. And I was like, yes, there you go. <laughs> so that's what I want. You know, I, I, I designed a, a program to be, well, the class to be what I wish I would have experienced when I was an undergrad. And maybe I would have been in a different place, but you know what? It doesn't matter because I'm still doing it now, just a little later. <laughs> yeah. um, so I do that. So I, I, I'm still using my political science degree uh, I'm paying it forward and, you know, I'm not having regretfuls just because it took me a little longer to do public policy than it, than it could have been. Um, but for those who do want to inspire to do it, we are in DC. And so I want to help them. And so that's what I kind of do it. Um, so another way of helping, I, if you, I help from babies all the way to 21, <laughs> however age they are in undergrad, um, really just helping the 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 youth because I feel like they're the next generation and they're going to define what our future is going to be and um just you know that's just kind of what motivates me <laughs> fabulous Elsie um tell people either how they can find out more about you or how they can connect with you and how they can help you and get involved yeah um I think the easiest way is to just go to lcguerrero.com and you'll see all my professions there and you can just click on it. Like if you're interested in the mentoring program, just click on learn more about the mentoring program. If you're interested on the children's book, click more on that. And if you want to know more about my teaching, you'll just click on that. I think that's the easiest way, one-stop place um, to get involved. 
um, yeah. Wow. I love it. Kelsey, you are <laughs> living a life of service and just a great example of someone who is paying it forward. Um, and just in, really inspirational for even me to listen to your story. And, and I know in turn our listeners too. So thank you so much for joining us today and listeners. Thank you for always listening. We'll be yes. back in two weeks. Exactly. Thanks a lot, Elsie. I hope you guys, I hope listeners, you guys got as much out of it as um, Ashley and I did because you can't see us, but we were like hanging on her every word. So <laughs> we will talk to you again in two weeks. See ya. Bye. Thank you. <laughs>